0: On guard, pray, alle. Welcome to the Tokyo 2020 fencing podcast. I'm Karen. Hi, I'm Dave. And this episode is all about women's foil. But before we get tucked in to what happened at the St. Mao World Cup, uh, Dave, we've got a couple more Patreon supporters, don't we?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, uh, thanks uh, very much to to the new guys that have signed up. So, yeah, many. Th- Many thanks to Ivan uh, Wilson and Remco Costa. Thanks, guys.
0: Yeah, brilliant stuff. Thanks for supporting us, uh, Ivan and Remco. And please do... um Dig deep. Uh, all we need is a, a euro, a cent or, or, or even a pound uh, just to help us along the way with our broadcasting equipment and uh, our hosting costs. Uh, but thank you to everyone for following us. And we really hope that you're enjoying things. Time to get tucked into a women's foil and uh, how the St. Mao World Cup has affected uh, the provisional Olympic rankings before going into uh, St. Mao. Uh, Russia, Italy, USA and France occupied the top four automatic Uh, qualification spots for the Olympic Games, with Japan, Canada, Poland and Egypt taking the zonal spots. In St. Mao, in the team event, Russia took it from Italy and Japan picked up the bronze medal, beating Hungary in the playoff. So, Dave, uh, let's look at that top four. Russia, Italy, USA and France going into the competition. Russia and Italy coming first and second, as we've become used to in women's foil. They're just pulling away from the rest, aren't they?
1: Yeah, I, I don't think it'll be the last uh, Russia-Italy final we see this year. Uh, I mean, they're the two best teams in the world by by some distance.
0: They are. And uh, by my reckoning, and you're, you're the stats man, you're the spreadsheets man, but by my reckoning... Russia could be qualified after the next team World Cup in Uh, Katowice. uh
1: yep that would that would do it yeah
0: so um, Italy and Russia pulling away France lost to Hungary in the quarterfinals uh, a bit of a surprise given the fact that France put out their regular team
1: yep not the best days I'd say um, you say probably also the USA not having not having the best day either um, but then you know you can recover so so long as you don't you know, compound that and, and finish sort of seventh or, or eighth, uh, you know, it's not, not ideal, clearly, uh, but you, given that they've already had some pretty high-profile results and are up there, you know, finishing fifth or sixth is pretty good. It's not – obviously it's not ideal, um, but, you know, you, you will have worse days, that's for sure. It's enough to, enough to keep going.
0: Yeah, interesting though, isn't it? Because, uh, and I mentioned that France put out their sort of A-team. There were no issues there. But I noticed the USA team had uh, no Ross, no Presgod, and no Massialis. Uh So uh, I, I haven't actually been able to find out whether injuries are at play or w- whether they were even in the individual competition, to be honest with you. Uh, but I think it will be more... A more painful result for France, given the fact that they were uh, the strongest team they could put out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there were some high-profile missing fences, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, and they they weren't in the individual. They weren't in the individual event. Um, Prescott wasn't. Ross wasn't. So, um, uh, yeah, very very odd to see these those two sort of caliber of people not uh, not fencing. I don't have uh, any info whether that's an injury or not, but they certainly weren't in. They weren't in France. So.
0: Yeah, my guess would be uh, that that is that would be the case that if there was no Ross and no Prescott, there uh, potentially strong individual. Uh, fences, but, you know, crucial to the USA team. Sure. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Um. So, look, the top four remains as it was in terms of the names, but France have overtaken the USA. That interesting fifth, sixth battle between the two teams is what did it. Uh, but Russia and Italy miles ahead. So let's have a look at uh, Asia because Japan had a cracking day.
1: Yeah, and interestingly, without without the little talisman, uh, Ueno, as well, So, which I think shows that it's even... Um, you know an even more incredible result that uh Urena wasn't in uh, wasn't in in France either in some way. so uh to, to be able to pull that uh you know that kind of result with, with missing your best fencer in um, is phenomenal incredible
0: yeah frank Baudin doing some serious work with the uh, the Japanese fencer seems to be enjoying himself and got a a nice early christmas present uh, with a bronze medal could could Japan threaten uh, the top four
1: oh absolutely so they're now 20 23 points away that's the difference between you know another medal for example and uh and you know usa or, or france having a bad day so yeah absolutely i mean if you looked at you know we for that to happen we'd want to see you know the usa or france losing in the 16 uh, unlikely but not not impossible um and then another another ideally you know gold or silver medal by japan again not impossible but I guess they've got to at some point beat Russia, or Italy to get those kind of coloured medals. Um, yeah, not not impossible at all. That could and that would shake things up. That's for sure.
0: Well, it certainly would because it makes the battle between uh, China and uh, Korea uh, very interesting, doesn't it? Because they um, they met each other in the in the sixteen in an Asian head to head.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, China China coming on top there, which is you know hugely damaging for the Korean team. I mean, they recovered, finished ninth. It's not the end of the world, but you know when you're behind, you need to be scoring points, and losing to your own rivals is not helping you there.
0: Yeah, but they uh, they only finished seventh in the end, China and Korea recovered to finish ninth, yep. so uh, they minimise the damage. But uh, in honesty, the the Asian zone looks to me like um, the fight is still on, but only if Japan can make the top four. That's
1: it. So you know, you, you know, and I agree that you know you limit the damage finishing ninth, but that doesn't help you when your rivals get in the bronze medal, you know, you've given up a lot of, a lot of positional uh, points there. And so now you're really relying on them to do even better. Changes the dynamics quite, quite significantly, I think.
0: Yeah, it does. So what about Pan Am? Uh, USA clearly under strength. uh, And, and they, it looks to me like if they remain under strength, they'll be at serious threat of dropping out of the top four.
1: Yeah. I mean, surely that's got to be a one-off. Um, uh, we'll see um but yeah I mean Canada need need uh, need the USA in the in the top four that's for sure um, and again that's compounded by the last couple couple of competitions they've been missing uh, Eleanor Harvey you know I know one fencer doesn't make a team they've got um, obviously Jess Gow. they've got Kelly Ryan Alana Goldie they've got you know good good fences but you know it's not a, it's not a limitless pool of, of talent from a gigantic country is it so you know to, to have one fencer you know to try and do it without and I think you know finishing I think they were twelfth, were they? Uh, not really where they, you know, wanna be, but whilst they're in, you know, whilst the USA are in the top four, then that's enough.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic of the in the in the Pan Am zone because it's becoming a bit of a theme of our podcasts, whether we're talking about foil, epee or saber in the men's or women's categories, that Canada uh, are either you know, very strong and, and qualified uh, and the USA are very strong and they're qualified in their positions or Canada are really cheering on the USA when they're potentially at threat of dropping out of the top four
1: yeah I'd say of the six weapons women's foil is probably the strongest um, you know Canadian teams rank sixth in the world you know on yeah. their day they're you know they probably could beat you know they definitely have a good chance of beating an understrength US team you know they've got four very good fences um but yeah I mean most of most of the other event, you know weapons Canada sitting at sort of 10th 11th or something and and we're looking at you know are the USA in the top four or not being a sort of a binary question
0: well interesting times in the Pan Am zone that's for sure so so we move on to uh Europe for me uh you know you're you are the expert Dave but for me France showed vulnerability by losing to Hungary in the quarterfinals yeah that's a that was that was a shock that was, and it wasn't particularly close either
1: um you know that that I think what what did I'm just trying to remember I watched it it was a it was a huge turnaround, right it was tibu's broken
0: sixth leg, i think
1: yeah and then and then but then it came back um but yeah, and then it's, it's one of those ones where you, you don't expect a team like with's got ronvier tibu blaz. You know, to, to, to be beaten by, and I mean, don't get me wrong, Fanny Kreis is an exceptional fencer, mm. absolutely world-class. But, you know, Pastor or Conrads they're not they're not that same sort of superstardom, are they, um, on the no. Hungarian team? And, yeah, I've got the, the results. Yeah, 6-2, final leg um, uh, of Kreis over, over Thibault. I mean, that's huge, right? That's, that's yeah. just not what you expect out of the French women's foil team.
0: No, I, I mean, I think I really I, th- I think that that's look it it's a, it could be a one off. Uh, I'm sure the whole of France will be hoping it was a one off, but um, it was a disappointing result for them, and they still remain in the top four. France um, and Hungary are in that, that that European zone or spot, but uh, I think it will if anything it will spur Hungary on uh, they, they've proven they can beat one of uh the big teams going for medals in, in Tokyo 2020.
1: Absolutely um and you know you used to think it was fairly locked up these were the top four teams at the world championships these were the top four teams in uh where were they? Algiers top four teams in Tauba. you know like you know it's a, usually a pretty tight bunch you know Russia, mm. Italy, France, USA like it's sort of we've been saying it all year they're our top four and they were the top team in be yeah, pick, pick a picky competition. Now yeah. you sort of change that dynamic a little bit. It's you know yeah, it's not, it'll, it'll be
0: yeah. it will be super painful for uh, Poland as well because to be honest they finished about where one would expect, um, but because of Hungary's great result against France. They've jumped Poland into that European zonal spot. So, you know, France France will be, you know, dusting themselves off and licking their wounds for sure. Hungary will be chomping at the bit to get back out there. Uh, Poland, I think, uh, wow, their their heads may well go down. Yeah, they didn't have a
1: bad day. You know, there are a couple of really juicy, you know, lineups. You know, we had Poland-Germany in the last 16, right? And you're thinking, oh, fantastic. That's a real, you know, nice little qualification bash, you know. One of those ones is, you know, really going to be happy. The other one's going to be really unhappy. Um, and, yeah, Poland beat Germany. It's a good result. Well done. Maybe a little bit unexpected, but, you know, that could go either way. And then, um. But then they don't win again, you know. Then they lose and then they lose and they finish eighth. And that's just not that many more points than recovering to finish ninth, which Germany did. And then you look at, well, how did my other rivals did? Well, actually, hang on. Hungary did really, really well, finishing fourth. Mm,
0: mm.
1: And now I look at the table and they're six points clear. That's not the difference between finishing fifth and seventh anymore. You know, that's now, I need now basically to beat them twice or get in the medal zone once.
0: Yeah.
1: And that now gets hard. Now that gets really hard. So it's a phenomenal result for Hungary. It's really shaken up the um, qualification.
0: Well, we have to keep a close eye on that. One more uh, zone to look at, and that's Africa. A really good result from, from, from where I'm sitting uh, for Egypt.
1: Yeah, I mean, what a day. Um, beat Brazil in the 32. I mean, so as ever, it's a familiar theme, and it's typically Egypt. Um, it could be Tunisia, but in women's foil it's Egypt. Um, have to win their 32 matches. If they're not winning their 32 matches, there's no point. It's just not going to happen. So they have a great day. They beat Brazil, and Brazil are a good team. Um the Brazil are not a bad team at all, beat Brazil, and then you think, well, okay, but that's as far as they're going to get. And then Sweden beats Hong Kong in the 32. Oh,
0: that was the shocker, wasn't I it? I mean,
1: how? And I, I know the Swedish guys, and they're all good fun, and and but they're not a stronger – I mean, you know, on paper or I think in the field, they're not a stronger team than Hong Kong. So they get the draw of a lifetime there, win that one, um, and finish 14th, which is a huge amount of points. Mm. It really is. Um, So you look at, well, what do they need to do to stay in the top 16? And so they're 15th at the moment. Singapore are behind them on two points. I think Singapore will catch them up. So that would leave Egypt on uh, 16th place. So who's going to get ahead of them? Austria is 17th. Brazil is 18th. Both good teams, but they're 15 points behind. Mm. So that's a long way to go. That's not just... I miss out and you make the 32. That's sort of 10 points. It coming down to, I reckon if Egypt get one more 32, so it's similar situation as what we had in Women's Sabre with the Tunisians, one more one more win in the 32, and I think we could pretty safely say that they're qualified, which means no bonus place, which is incredible.
0: Well, and the thing is, that with that win over Brazil, um, you know, that's probably the toughest of those those battles yeah. in, in the round of 32. That win over Brazil in St. Mao should potentially mean they won't have to face Brazil again in the 32 at the next World Cup.
1: Yeah, look, I think they're just trying to work out the FIE rankings because, and it's some, sometimes when teams don't turn up as well, so you get Romania lurking and they don't fence every competition. So that was a pretty tricky draw as well. But yeah, 15th, 16th means on the coin flip, you've, I think they're still 15th, so they'll fence 17 or 18. So uh, I don't know where Brazil have ended up, but yeah, I mean, you, as you're right, you know, extra points gives yourself a better seating. Which means you might be able to avoid some of these trickier ties. But yes, I mean, that, that. when I saw that and I saw that draw, it completely, completely blew my mind. It's really shaken up the table. I'd sort of had it in the back of my mind that we'd get an extra qualifier in women's foil. Um, I'm not sure we will now.
0: No, I don't think we will either. I think Egypt's a. Uh, uh, Maybe not quite done enough yet, but as you say, one more 16, and I think the job will be done, and and, that will be to the disappointment of uh, the Asian and the uh, European zonal chasing pack. So, look, after uh, the team event, uh, Russia, Italy um, just pile miles ahead of everybody else. Uh, France, USA stay in the top four, but switch places. Japan, Canada, Hungary, and Egypt uh, pick up the zonal team spots. So... How does the individual situation look, Dave, after St. Ma? Uh,
1: yeah, so some some stuff's pretty similar. So um, no no Korean team means that uh, Joon Hee Sook is, you know, number seven in the world, by far the best individual not qualified. Um, mm. Same in the first European place, so Leonie Ebert from Germany. If Germany aren't qualified, Leonie's eighth in the world, mm. by far the best European not qualified. Um, there's a cluster of sort of Chinese fencers. Um led by uh, Chen Qingwan. Um, but then also we had Xi uh, Yu that uh, she medalled um, in, in the previous World Cup in Algiers, yes. didn't she? So yep. so they're all sort of floating around in sort of a 10-point gap between all of them. So they're all together. What's interesting is Poland dropping out of the team places means that no one from Poland qualifies. You know, they're all quite tightly uh, bunched together, Lizbinska, Wallach and uh, Douglas, all sort of about 35 points, a long way away from European qualification. Um, and then the knock-on effect means if Hungary are qualified, then Fanny Kreese doesn't need her position. So we go down the list and we find um, uh, Maria Diaz from Spain would take the second European place, um, which you know, didn't have a fantastic event in uh, in Samoa, but um, last 16 at Europeans, last 16 at the World Championships, got a bucket load of points for doing that. Um, so she'll be waving the flag real hard for um uh, for that Hungarian team to keep, to keep Ukraine out.
0: And of course, the closest rival is Anne Sauer, uh, who, who won't qualify because if you go through the individual route, only one can qualify. And as you've said, Ebert is uh, right up there.
1: Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, even though Anne's only, um, you know, a point, point or two behind uh, Diaz, doesn't matter. You know, one per zone per country. So she'd have to get over Ebert and Ebert's 30 points away. It's not going to happen.
0: Right, well, so just to summarise, uh, John from Korea, Ebert from Germany, Chen from China, Bubakri from Tunisia, Diaz from Spain and Van Ervin, Garcia of Colombia are the additional yeah. qualifiers provisionally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still a little bit to go. Uh, in fact, Dave, what, what is next? Oh, good question, Bash.
1: Uh, are we off to Poland, I think, aren't we? So, uh, yeah. No, not Gdansk. No, not Gdansk. Uh, yeah, Katowice in the south.
0: Yeah, on the craziest weekend of all in fencing a... Uh 9th, 10th, 11th of January where all six disciplines will be on show uh, and the women's foilists, as as Dave says, will be in Katowice. We've got a a bumper weekend this weekend, not quite as big as uh, the one in January, but we've got two other competitions that we're covering, the women's sabre competition in Salt Lake City, that World Cup, and the men's foil uh, World Cup in Tokyo, which was the test event for the Olympic Games and and they'll be in a separate podcast. But Dave, I hear you have a little stocking filler for us ahead of Christmas
1: just uh i was feeling three three podcasts this weekend weren't enough you know we needed <laughs> we needed just just a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh icing sugar on top of the christmas pudding so uh i think what we've uh, what we're planning on is a little roundup at the end of the year i don't think it's going to be any of the the behemoth episodes like we did i mean i can't i don't think i can live through that satellites uh podcast again that can that can that can go firmly on the shelf. Um, but you know, nice little roundup at the end of the year. We'll be going out on social media. We're going to get a few questions from you guys, um, just sort of where we think we're going, and and you know, just looking to the year ahead because we're going to have a pretty rapid sort of 10, 12 weeks come come the first of first uh, of January. So nice little roundup and then a prelude.
0: Yeah, excellent stuff. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. We're going to be talking about. Uh the, the winners and the losers so far in the race for Tokyo 2020. Uh, but uh, for now, thank you, Dave. Cheers, Bash. And thanks to all of you. Uh, do tune in for the Women's Saver and the Men's Coral podcast coming up very soon.